1: The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.
0: So it's not like I woke up this morning and the first thought I had was like, how can I really irritate people? But somehow that's what I inevitably end up... uh, that's my fallback, you know. I, I inevitably come up with the subject that I know is going to irritate people. And I just can't help it. It's who I am. And I, if you're irritated, you really need to look in the mirror because what I'm going to talk about is not, you know, it's not that, um, it's not that crazy. And, and people think these thoughts and are afraid to say them out loud. And I have the good fortune of being able to not only say them out loud, But to like get paid to say them out loud, like, come on, give me a break. (laughs) Um, But sometimes I feel like I should just maybe hold off or not do something. And then I go, yeah, what's the point? People are expecting me to have something to say. So I might as well come right out of the box saying it. I've always wondered why February is Black History Month since it's the shortest month in the year. That would seem to imply that there's less black history than than could take up 30 or 31 days, right? Uh, and so I've always wondered, like, was that done on purpose or what was the, the motive behind it? It uh, doesn't seem very nice. Not that I believe in any of these days, because as soon as it's uh, Women's uh, Month, I'm gonna tell you I hate Women's Month, not because I hate women, I am a woman, but because I think it's so ridiculous that we have these groups of people and we feel like we have to devote a month to talking about them. And by the way, I'm just trying to figure out, is there a man's month? No, there isn't, of course not, because we hate men. Men are terrible. <laughs> or at least that's what they want us to feel. Um, but I've always wondered why February for Black History Month. It seems kind of like a backhanded slap to me. But I saw a great piece by the Project 21, which is a black leadership network, Um, And they released, I guess, as a presser this morning. And they said, At the beginning of our nation's month-long annual celebration of more than 400 years of black influence upon American history, members of the Project 21 Black Leadership Network reflect on the tremendous strides made in civil rights. Yet even with these advances, government-imposed regulations still often stand in the way of their ability for black citizens to fully realize the American dream. Over the last year, the national debate has focused far more on the interests of the green and woke warriors, rather than the kitchen table issues like job creation and lower energy costs, said Project 21 director of membership, Donna Jackson. As we celebrate Black History Month, we should hold our leaders accountable for embracing policies that prevent black Americans, all too often those on the bottom rung of the socioeconomic ladder, from ascending to the middle class and above. The recommendations in our recently released blueprint for a better deal for black America offers free market policy recommendations that if enacted would help blacks reach their full potential and achieve the American dream. As government regulations need reform, there's also much work to be done in the community due to growing concern over the way the vibrant history of blacks in America is currently portrayed. Black history celebrates events from our storied past but I believe we must look at the movements we did not bask in the brightest light, or the moments we did not bask in the brightest light, said Ambassador Martin Baker. We must address the things that have brought shame to our culture and then highlight the ways we have overcome them and continue to add to the legacy of black America. We cannot allow our history to be rewritten with initiatives like the 1619 Project or Critical Race Theory. We stand at a vital time to show black Americans that black history, the good and the bad, is American history. This February, recognize the many incredible accomplishments of African Americans. Sadly, this year's theme from the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History focuses on black resistance, said Project 21 Ambassador Melanie Collette. Rather than a celebration of true strength borne out by resistance, over centuries long struggle against violence, segregation and discrimination, this theme serves as an unfortunate backdrop that detracts from how far we have come since the early days of America when such oppression was commonplace. Our nation's promising future is being threatened by those with a hateful agenda who weave critical race theory into our K-12 curriculum and spread historically distorted facts through the 1619 Project. We must stand together to protect both our present and upcoming generations from their divisive tactics. We went from being owned as someone's property to the Harlem Renaissance in a 50-year span from the civil rights era of the 60s to our middle-class prosperity in the 80s to having black billionaires, bunches of them, today. I see black history as an amazing story of triumph and perseverance when given equal opportunity. The lesson to learn from our history, America's history, is not to set winners and losers with fake equal outcomes, but to set the atmosphere for freedom and for equal opportunity for all. The Black American Experience is a story about triumph, success, and liberation. Conversations during Black History Month can include more than slavery and a handful of milquetoast statements cherry-picked from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s speeches. There's a rich history to be told, which ultimately connects all of us in some way. Black history is indeed American history, and this month should be a time to reflect on how America has moved closer to the lofty principles embedded in its founding and to embrace unity rather than sow division. Black history is American history. It's no more or less important than the remembrance of all those who have made this nation so great. From the native inhabitants to all those who immigrated from every continent on this earth, seeking freedom and opportunity, this land was made for us all. Let's study American history year round and celebrate all of our contributions and achievements as a unified nation. We honor and pay tribute to the countless black leaders and activists and pioneers who have shaped our country and continue to inspire us today. Pastor James Jackson says, their contributions and sacrifices should serve as a reminder of the power of perseverance and determination in the face of adversity. Let us all take time to reflect on the richness of black history, culture, and traditions, and work towards creating a world that is truly just and equitable for all. And then they uh, had this blueprint for a better deal. And I just think it's refreshing um, to hear members of the, uh, the academic black community say, hey, 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 when are we gonna start you know, applauding the progress that has been made? Why is it that all we do is focus on the injustices? And there have been injustices. Look, nobody is thinking otherwise. You know, I, I told you yesterday, and if I if you missed the show or you didn't hear me, let me tell you again. When I watched the footage of uh, the Tyree Tyre Nichols um, beatdown, all I kept thinking was, just because you put a uniform on a person doesn't change them. Now... Most people who aspire to wear such uniforms actually care about the communities they serve. But there's always gonna be a group that don't. And apparently the formation of that Scorpion unit unit, attracted the kind of people who don't wanna lift up the community, but instead basically wanna be uh, glorified gang members in uniforms. Because that looked like the kind of beat down that MS-13 does. One individual and five guys Jumping on them, and now a sixth has been uh, indicted? That doesn't look like any kind of police work I've seen. Now, even in the awful George Floyd case, it was only one officer who was committing the act. The fact that the others stood there silently was horrifying. But it's not quite the same as watching all of these guys kicking and punching this guy who was already arrested, already in handcuffs. You know, it looked more like gangland violence, and I don't care what anybody says. Jason Whitlock is 100%, if not 1,000% right. The problem with young men in this country, and it's not just young black men, but it seems to be our focus right now, and during this Black History, American History Month, um, I'm going to talk about it. I'm not going to be afraid to talk about it. We have a society that has degenerated when it comes to marriage and families. It's not just okay to be an unmarried mother. It's actually, you know, kind of uh, heralded as some sort of women's liberation success story. Let me tell you this, the product or the result of having so many fatherless boys in America today is what you saw acted out in that scene. Didn't matter that they had uniforms on. And I'll venture to say that if we do a background study on all of the officers who were implicated, We'd find many of them grew up in single-parent homes, and those single-parent homes were headed by women. It's just too common a theme. And when you think about that, as my husband said yesterday, your heart breaks. Because the one thing that we all heard was that boy crying for his mama. We heard George Floyd, a grown man, a man with children of his own, even a grandchild of his own, crying for his mama. Why? Why weren't they seeking their fathers? because for many of them there was no father in the home and that is a heartbreaking reality and if we don't clean that part of our act up here in america not just in uh, you know the african-american community but in every single community it is a plague that has descended upon our country these fatherless homes these fatherless children and it's not just boys who are affected young girls need a daddy Young girls need an authority figure, a man who loves them and who shows them what love looks like instead of them running at age 12 and 13 and 14 and 15 like they do in my Hispanic community as they do in other communities, looking for a man who they can look up to because there wasn't one in the home. Now, that doesn't mean I want women to stay with bad men or men that, that beat them and their children. That's not what I'm saying. But people should take marriage seriously. They should not have babies until they find the right person to be married to. And then those those husbands need to step up and be fathers. Because mothers can't be fathers. You know, a, a woman said, I've been saying this for months, you know, talking about similar subjects. And a woman sent me a um, a little cartoon of a single mom trying to teach her boys how to uh, go to the bathroom standing up, how to urinate standing up. And so she gets a squeeze bottle. And I think it was in Thailand or or somewhere in in, uh, Southeast Asia. And she's there trying to teach her boys. But these are the kinds of things, you know, we make fun of or we tell jokes about, but they're real. They're real, that little girls don't understand how men are supposed to treat women because there's no example of it in their house. You know, I unfortunately had to become a single mother, but I made sure there were male influences around my children. Their grandfathers were prominent in their lives, and there were uh, good male friends of mine who stepped in and showed up to baseball games and basically taught Derek how to do it standing up. But, you know, I just, it breaks my heart when I hear, you know, okay, it's Black History Month, let's talk about all of the, uh, you know, let's talk about George Washington Carver, and let's talk about Martin Luther King Jr. It's not that there isn't great, uh, you know, studies for these African American heroes, but what about the dad who just, uh, you know, hung in? And, and, and worked as a UPS driver or, or worked in the post office or worked at a, as a doctor or worked as a dentist and stayed home and took care of his family and raised his sons to be men of worth and men of integrity, raised his daughters to look for men of worth and men of integrity. You know, uh, uh, the Huxtables was a one-shot show. We need more examples of that. Unfortunately, of course, Bill Cosby had to go blow it, but... You know what I'm talking about. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. And everybody's going like, oh, Joyce, maybe you should have waited till March. No, it can't wait. I looked at that video again last night. It cannot wait. We cannot allow boys and men to grow up thinking it's okay for five guys to beat the crap out of one guy. It's just, uh, we need dads. We need fathers. We need men who step up. And if we don't find them, my heart grieves for this country. Anyway, don't forget that um, you can go to the website, 850 WFTL. we got all kinds of contests, and this month we're giving away some gift certificates, a gift card to the melting pot. Wouldn't that be nice for Valentine's Day to take your honey? Just enter on our app or at 850WFTL.com, uh, and if you don't have our app, go download it. And we even have tickets to Duncan Theater. we got a whole bunch of wonderful things right there, so... Uh, get breaking news and alerts and exclusive web features follow us on Facebook like us today at 850 WFT
1: all these crazy alien stories can't be true can they hey Stephen Diner, Diener hosted the Unidentified Alien podcast and whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there the Unidentified Alien podcast or UAP for short there's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world and the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also Find it on UAPpodcast.com.
0: Yeah, I'll be right back. All right, so I vented. and It's not even vented. I just, I'm, I'm concerned for, for families. I'm concerned for my country. I'm concerned for the faith community because it has failed. You know, the churches have failed. Uh, at, at our church, you know, we talk about fathers being in the home all the time. We encourage marriages to work out their problems. We tell the people in the congregation, you don't get just to bolt the first time. There's a problem. You've got to face your problems. And you got kids, and those kids need two parents. And I just, you know, churches are failing in that regard. They really are. They don't talk about it. They f- they run these, like, marriage workshops. And, like, the only person going to a marriage workshop is somebody who's already working on their marriage. You know, you got to reach out to the ones who are not working on it. But anyway, that's, uh, that's my rant for the day. Uh, Interesting story, though, right? You know, what's the FBI up to today? Oh, did they come crashing into uh, the Rehoboth Beach home uh, of uh, President Joe Biden? No, no, no. But they are in there searching, according to a lawyer who represents the president. Agents, with the president's full support and cooperation, were conducting a planned search of his home in Rehoboth, Delaware. The FBI is there. But, of course, they didn't come with guns blazing. They didn't throw out the lawyers. The lawyers are right alongside of them. From the FBI to the Department of Justice to the White House, the most disgusting double standard exists. Under DOJ's standard procedures, in the interests of operational security and integrity, it sought to do this work without advance public notice, and we agreed to cooperate. Bauer said, he's the attorney, Bob Bauer. Um, The search today is a further step in a thorough and timely DOJ process we will continue to fully support and facilitate. We will have further information at the conclusion of today's search. Now, the FBI and the DOJ are not speaking, but they had not searched the Rehoboth Beach property before, uh, or at least we didn't know about it. They searched his home in Wilmington. In January, they searched the uh, Penn, uh, Biden, whatever that stupid uh, think tank is supposed to be. But now it's the beach home. They bought this beach home, the six-bedroom beach home, in 2017. I just, you know, I'm going to say this once again. I've said it a dozen times, and I know that people, like, just really want me to change my mind, but I'm not going to change my mind and uh, I know that now there's a tussle going on between Ron DeSantis and President uh, t- Trump and they all want to blow this up and they say, oh, Trump can't raise money and, oh, Ron is so cool and blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you something. When you have to get up on that stage with someone like, uh, who are they floating now? Michelle Obama. It ain't going to be Joe Biden. They're trying to get rid of him now. So if it's a Michelle Obama, if it's uh, Oprah Winfrey, I don't care who it is. There's nobody but Donald Trump, who can say the one thing that will make every middle class American who's struggling and can't buy eggs sit up and take notice. And that is, hey, I know you're not having any problem putting gas in your car, or your chauffeur putting gas in his car, but I just have one question for you. How is it that everybody from Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton to Michelle and Barack Obama to the Bush families, how is it that everyone who went to the White House got rich except Donald Trump? Donald Trump actually got poorer when he became president. Could it be that he put the needs of the people before his own? Just asking. And that's all he has to say. That's all he has to talk about, no matter what the question asked is. I don't even know how does a moderator ask questions without making his administration look good. I mean, the only thing they can hit him on is Twitter, or Stormy Daniels. They're trying to bring Stormy Daniels back in. He won that case. I mean, come on, guys. So they can they can. Oh, you had documents. So did Joe today. Jimmy Carter said so did I. You know, <laughs> come on. The, so so they'll come after him, and they'll say, well, well, what about the uh, you know, what about uh, the response to COVID? I got the vaccines made faster than anybody else ever suspected. Uh, okay, but, but what, about, uh, what about the border? I sealed the border as effectively as I could without the help of Congress. Next question. Well, well, what about the economy? The economy was roaring until COVID and then even once COVID was on the way out, the economy was roaring back to life. Next question. Well, what about our relationship with other powers? Like, uh, you know, other countries were were afraid of us, Donald. Yes, yes, they were afraid of us, and that's kind of the way you want it. You know, they weren't launching attacks into the Ukraine when I was president. They weren't uh, launching attacks in Syria when I was president. That all happened under previous presidents or the current president, right? Yeah. Um, uh, we, We moved the embassy to Jerusalem in Israel. And we got the Abraham Accords. Next question. And the list just goes on and on and on. You know, it and and, and the, the part that I like the most about that scenario is that Donald Trump doesn't need me or any other senior advisors to give him the answers to these questions. He just has to tell the truth. He just has to tell them what he did. And it's legendary. Lindsey Graham said yesterday, "Hey, if I'm going to support somebody, and I can support somebody who has a track record that's like incredible, and somebody who's like, you know, well, they look like they could do it, you know, Nikki Haley. I mean, she she sent an email out. We should all get February fifteenth. She's making a big announcement. Nikki, we know what the big announcement is, and the answer is no, no." You're not, the, you're not the person I want to lead this country right at this moment. No, no. You couldn't stand more than two years in the United Nations. You think the United Nations is tough? Try being the president of the United States. No. No to you. And that's, you know, that's just the reality. Anyway, I'm going to talk to Blaze Blazingolia in the next segment of the show. That's going to be a regular feature. I got a bunch of things to talk to him about. A lot going on in the Florida house and in the florida senate and he's our inside guy um they are working as hard as they can on these death penalty sentence reform bills and of course constitutional carry it's everybody is all crazy right they're all jumping up and down and saying oh no florida's gonna be the wild wild west i actually had a friend say that to me the other morning and i bit my tongue and said well maybe if bad guys realized that there were good guys like me out here who were armed, they might think twice about trying to wreak more havoc on society. Just saying, you know, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, be he a police officer or a citizen with a concealed weapons permit. Look, constitutional carry is actually a constitutional right. But more important than that is this opens the door for open carry, and I am an advocate of open carry. And I know that makes you all go, oh, you've been watching too many episodes of Gunsmoke. Well, I can tell you one thing. In Gunsmoke, bad guys get uh, get shot. And good guys, for the most part, get to ride away on their uh, Palominos or what, what is it that, uh, that Matt Dillon wrote. He rode that beautiful some kind of horse, beautiful white horse. Um, so that's that. That's my opinion and I'm sticking to it. Let me take a break and then hopefully I'll be back with Senator Blaze N'Golia and talk about his bill to reform death penalty sentences. Stay right where you are. All right, and welcome back. It must be that Wednesday when we get a chance to talk with Senator Blaze Ngolia. He of course Um, just a a wealth of information about local stories when it comes to the state of Florida. And I'm so grateful that he comes on board every other week. How are you, sir?
1: I am well, Joyce. How are you?
0: Uh, You know, I'm okay. It's a pretty disturbing time in our country. Uh, I mean, every time I turn around, I see examples of how we are a moral mess. And, and, you know, people are just divided. And I'm so grateful I live in Florida, where at least we have a governor and a legislature that just upholds some kind of family values. I'm sure you are, too.
1: Yeah, I am. And, you know, to piggyback off of that, the only reason why I would say that we are a mess right now is because people are becoming enlightened to what's actually going on. You know, people are shining the light on what's going on with the DOJ, the FBI, the IRS. Uh, people are becoming enlightened, they're becoming more aware of what's going on in our schools, our K 12 um, schools, our higher education, our colleges, our universities. So that's, I think, one of the reasons why we are divided because more and more information is coming out. And thank God for social media, where we can see what's happening inside classrooms, what teachers are posting. Um, How people are being targeted by the DOJ and the IRS. So while short term, my belief is it's a um, it's scary because we are divided. But long term, I think the country is going to benefit because the only way you're going to fix this stuff is if more people have an awareness. And I believe that's what we're going through right now.
0: Okay, I could use a little hope. I mean, I I just look at the destruction of the family, and, you know, I looked at that that awful beatdown that that young man died, and all I keep thinking is you can put a uniform on a person, but if they are growing up in a society where gang-style violence is prevalent, uh, a uniform won't stop them. And, you know, I, I love the men and women who serve in the police, but when I think about how many families are living without fathers in the home, Uh, I get very disturbed because that's what happens, in in my opinion. That's what causes it.
1: To your point, I get asked often if there was one silver bullet, one thing that we could do as a nation, um, as a community, um, how can we fix a lot of the problems that we see? And, you know, most people say, like, we need a balanced budget, we need term limits, or it's something that's (laughs) government-related. I think the biggest thing that we can do is keep the family unit together because nothing... Will help a lot of the ills that we're having in the United States than um, having having the family kept together, having people grow up uh, children grow up in households that have a mother and a father and a grandmother and a grandfather all involved in their daily lives because once you see that now, you realize that that's really the way to get ahead in this world is by keeping that family unit together
0: yeah exactly so that was where some of my despair was coming from, but I'm awfully glad. That I live in Florida because you guys are working on so many things. I got to talk about constitutional carry first because you know I'm a Second Amendment freak and I would be perfectly fine with open carry, but at least we're heading in the right direction. I can't tell you how many people have said to me, it's going to be like the Wild Wild West now. How do you answer them?
1: It's, they're just, uh, the people who said it's going to be the Wild Wild West just don't understand the process. So with permitless carry, you were going to go through pretty much everything that you would go through if you had a permitted carry. You're going to, when you go to purchase your weapon, you're going to go through the same background check. Um, you're going to have a three-day waiting period. The only thing you won't need is you won't need a permission slip from the Department of Agriculture for your concealed carry. Now, you can if you want, and there are benefits. If you, if you have a concealed carry, your, uh, you can travel to states that have reciprocity. Um, Or one of the bigger things is you don't have to wait the three days. You can pick up your weapon that day. But it's people like the idiot governor of California, Gavin Newsom, (laughs) who's spreading the misinformation on purpose to scare people because he has no other way to uh, get ahead in life than to scare people. Him saying that you're going to not do background checks on people. You're going to have the same process. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I'm telling you, nothing is going to happen with this. Um, everything is going to remain in the status quo. But mark my words, uh, Joyce, at some point in the future, there is going to be a shooting, and there's going to be a shooting by somebody who doesn't have a concealed carry permit, but they, they obtain their weapon under constitutional carry, permitless carry, and they're going to point to that when that's going to be nothing but misdirection and misinformation.
0: Absolutely. California went through a week where they had three mass shootings. You know, So the restrictions on guns in the state of California uh, don't appear to be working very much. Uh, not that we don't have our own incidents, but uh, I believe firmly that if people thought that they were walking into public places where there were people who were armed uh, and not afraid to to stop a perpetrator from committing some heinous crime or killing other people... Um, There'd be fewer lunatics out there. I mean, you can't stop the real crazy ones, but you could stop the just mean, evil ones.
1: You can, and that's one of the things that liberals don't just, they just don't get it. Liberals would rather, and if you think about this, liberals would rather you not have the ability to protect yourself and die than actually exercise your Second Amendment and protect yourself. I and mean, if people don't go around brandishing weapons all the time, in fact, if you truly want to protect yourself, Joyce, you know this, is that you don't let anybody know that you actually have a weapon on you. That's the whole purpose of concealing your weapon. Nice. Um, because if people knew you had a weapon, you would be the first tar- target that they, they took take out. out. Yeah. So, And the interesting part about that is you always hear through the liberal media about shootings that have occurred. What you never hear or very rarely hear about shootings that were thwarted mm-hmm. or never happened in the first place because you had somebody, a good guy with a gun, waiting to take out the bad guy from the gun.
0: Exactly. I say that all the time, and I try to tell those stories. Here's another you know, one of these uh, what I call uh, conundrums. The left is all concerned about death penalty cases. And you're looking, along with Representative Jacques, to uh, reform death penalty sentences. Um, it's fascinating to me how killing someone who's committed a heinous crime is so not palatable to the left, but taking an innocent life in the womb is quite all right.
1: Yes, it's uh, it's quite the dichotomy there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let me let me explain um, further what you're talking about. So. Back in 2016, the old Florida Supreme Court, this was before DeSantis remade the Florida Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. they said that um, a jury recommendation for death had to be unanimous. Um, And a lot of people looked at that ruling, including me, and said, that's just just wrong. I think that's some faulty reasoning. Mm -hmm. And the Florida legislature then put up a bill at that time, moving it from 10-2, which was the previous standard to unanimous. I'm one of the few Republicans who voted against that because it was a protest vote against jurors um, Mm. and their protest vote. So in 2020, the Florida Supreme Court met again and said, no, the previous court got it wrong. The legislature can weigh in. And then unfortunately, we get evil scumbags like Nicholas Cruz, Mm. who gets a life sentence and doesn't get a death sentence. So Bernie Jacques and I met and we introduced a bill to move it from unanimous down to a supermajority. You don't need 12 jurors to agree. You only need eight jurors to agree right now during the penalty phase.
0: Hmm. Okay. And what do you think is going to happen? Are you going to get a pass? I think it's
1: going to go through. The governor is in yeah. support for this. Um, the governor understands that if anybody deserves the death penalty, it's mm. Nicholas Cruz. And to have that person breathe another breath, of life when he should be sentenced to death is a miscarriage of judgment and not only my opinion in Bernie Jacques opinion in uh, Governor DeSantis opinion and I think a lot of people in your area mm-hmm. obviously um, who are listening to my voice agree with that also if we cannot put Nicholas Cruz to death for his heinous acts his crimes then what do we even have a death penalty for a death penalty is supposed to be in other in other you know a deterrent also. It's not mm-hmm. only to put the, the the evil people to death who have no regard for life, but it's also to be a deterrent. But if everyone's going to walk away with life, what do we even have it? What do we have a death penalty for in the first place?
0: Yeah, well, that was exactly what I was saying on the air, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm a very sympathetic person, and I am uh, I consider the fact that there was a tremendous amount of mental illness involved in some of these shootings. But when you take 17 lives in that manner and show no remorse whatsoever, uh, it doesn't take, it take a, you know, a death penalty advocate to say, you know, put him in the chair. You know, I had to sit and in a courtroom the courtroom with part. him. Yeah, and, and yes, it was the, the worst part. experience.
1: This is the part that really angers me. Mm-hmm. It's not only does Nicholas Cruz get away with taking away innocent lives in the fashion that he did. But now the taxpayers of the, the families and the friends are actually going to have to pay to keep this guy alive. That's offensive.
0: Mm-hmm. It is. And I was in a courtroom with him, you know, when they were I was on a jury selection, not for the trial uh, of, of the death at Parkland, but for he beat up some guards in the, in the jail. And I sat in that courtroom and I looked over at him, and I'm telling you, there wasn't a single person sitting there in jury selection who didn't want to run across the room and just strangle them. I mean, you know, this is our community. These were friends of ours uh, and their children. And so, yeah, if ever there was a case for the death penalty, Nicholas Cruz definitely was that case. Finally, what about, um, I understand you, you guys are trying to, you know, interfere with more expansion of the IRS. I think you should just work on getting rid of the IRS. How about that?
1: Oh, amen. Just so <laughs> you know, I'm a big proponent of the fair tax. Yeah, um, I would love either a fair tax or a flat tax.
0: Me too. Scrap
1: the current IRS system. Um, we would have to repeal everything and get rid of all of them. But in the meantime, what we have is we have the Biden administration expanding IRS powers and hiring more than 87,000 new IRS agents. So while a Republican House in Congress, their job is to try to derail that and defund that, We in Florida, we are not going to take anything for granted. We are going to work hard to make sure that we push back, and this is how we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. I filed a bill along with Toby Oberdorf, who is in your area also, Um, and it says two things. Number one, it says that state-chartered financial institutions, banks, have to notify the state and send reports to the state um, when the IRS starts inquiring about Floridian bank accounts. Mm. Um, whether it's small business or regular biz- regular businesses, because this way, once we aggregate that data, we can then tell if people are being targeted based upon their party affiliation or ideology. Mm-hmm. And if somebody is being targeted for that, we are setting up a fund where um, a trust fund at the state where people can actually get their court costs paid, their attorney's fees um paid to fight the IRS and even sue the IRS if needed because of that targeting. If you remember under the Obama years, there was targeting of Tea Party groups and Republican leaning groups um, mm-hmm. by the IRS. eighty seven thousand IRS agents is a scary prospect, and we are not going to sit back and allow this to happen without a fight. I want everyone to know, you can hear my voice right now, that the state of Florida has your back.
0: Thank goodness, because uh, somebody has to. Nobody in Washington seems to be paying much attention to us. Um, I appreciate it, Blaze. Thanks so much for coming on. And one last question. How do you think this new Florida college is going to work out? I understand Cochrane has now taken over the presidency.
1: Yep, he's, um, from what I understand, he's going to take over as interim president. I think it would be a great addition to stay on as president. Yeah, Um, me too. This has a very good chance of being the Hillsdale College of the South. Um, the liberals are going nuts, but this is a good thing.
0: Yeah. When the liberals go nuts, you know you're doing the right thing. All right. Thank you, Senator. I always appreciate yeah. talking to you.
1: You take care. Talk to you soon.
0: All right. Bye-bye. All right. <laughs> hey, listen, I, if, it makes, if it makes the left cringe, I'm good. You know, that's about as good as it gets. I'll tell you when I cringe though. When I cringed was this morning. When Tom Brady retired again. Not that I think Tom Brady should stay in the NFL. I don't really care. He's old. You know, he deserves his uh, day in the sun. But I, I just find it funny that every major news outlet thinks that's the biggest, most important story today. It is top of the line, AP News. I mean, we have... Uh, Zelensky screaming in the Ukraine. we He's not going to get the fighter jets that he wants. Um, we have Israel in a conflagration. On you know, with uh, with the terrorists. We have Joe Biden's house being searched. Um, you know, the, we have George Santos dropping off of committees. We have uh, just the list is endless. The list is endless, and the top story is Tom Brady retires at 45, insisting this time it's for good. Of course, maybe part of the reason I get upset when I see that is because I retired three years ago, and now my employer has made it virtually impossible for anyone to believe me when I finally say I am retiring, because when I did that, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse, and I ended up staying on to do this show. (laughs) So... Maybe I should be a little more sympathetic to Tom Brady, but I'm just so tired of Tom Brady. I really, you know, not, not, not of his playing. His playing career was magnificent. He's the GOAT. But uh, just, uh, I'm in, I'm out, I'm married, I'm not. Uh, enough. I don't really care. All right, and don't forget, coming up at 1 o'clock, Dan Bongino at 4 uh, o'clock, Ben Shapiro at 6 o'clock, the WPTV News, and then the morning crew will be back at 6 a.m. So stay right where you are. You don't have to touch that dial. I have one segment left. All right, and welcome back. Russia has an unstoppable torpedo. The Russian state TV, now, I I never know how much of the Russian state TV to believe, but I think it's kind of relevant because I am not going to talk about the guy who got into a fight at his 12-year-old kid's basketball game. I'm not going to talk anymore about Tom Brady retiring because I don't care. And we really need to talk about what's happening over there in uh, the Ukraine. Russia State TV is going to Newlands to claim how they could wipe Britain off the face of the earth by setting off a radioactive tsunami in the Atlantic Ocean. They broadcast a mock video of the United Kingdom being obliterated by a tsunami set off by a nuclear missile sent from Moscow. It's sick. This is such a sick video. I don't know if, there's, if it's still up, because I tried to see if I could get it just a little while ago. Um, there was a Twitter account that I follow called Terra Alarm, and it said that this, that, uh, that they're interested in focusing on, on Twitter. Somebody told me to follow them, and they literally had this vid- video footage of a missile plummeting into the North Atlantic Ocean And then a giant tidal wave that literally engulfs Ireland and the UK. Now, they do these kind of crazy things um, frequently. So it's not clear to me whether this is an actual um, video or, or not. But I can tell you this. How demoralizing would it be for the entire West, including us, and the rest of Europe, if um, if they attack the UK in any manner, in any manner. I mean, the, the tsunami thing is kind of fantastic. It's more like the stuff of a, of, a, of a movie script. But they have weapons that could wipe out the UK. They could turn it into a radioactive desert if they wanted to. That's the reality. Um, they could obliterate them with their hypersonic satin, uh, Satan II missiles. But there's other things they could do. And apparently they now wanna do this underwater robotic drone uh, thing. It, bo- Boris Johnson, just this week, was in a d- documentary that they made, made over there on the BBC. And he said he was personally threatened by Putin in a phone call leading up to the invasion of the Ukraine, and Putin personally told him, I will strike the United Kingdom with a missile. Shut up. It would only take a minute, he said to Prime Minister Johnson at the time. He's no longer the prime minister. I don't even know who the prime minister is. Didn't the other prime minister step down? I don't know. A Kremlin spokesman dismissed the claim, calling it a lie. The war in Ukraine, of course, is hot and heavy right now, and they've crossed every red line, all right. And 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 people want to talk about Tom Brady retiring at ad, ad nauseum. I mean, I think maybe we ought to start paying attention. Like Jason Whitlock said, if we keep focusing on George Santos, these are interesting stories. They have to be covered, no doubt. But the most scary story right now is happening in the Ukraine. And for some reason, the media is just not uh, eager to talk about it. Uh, they keep rah uh, rah rah Zelensky and, uh, and, and then denying him what he needs to win this war. They were just denied fighter jets. Uh, all the allies denied him. And the, if they don't send fighter jets to Kyiv, then guess what? Russia's just gonna finish him off. I'm sorry. You know, President Biden said on Monday that we're not sending F-16s to Ukraine. The UK said they're not sending them. And Germany said they're not sending them. So what are we sending them tanks for that won't even get there until six months? If we're not going to send them F-16s, then we might as well just watch them die. I mean, and, and trust me, I don't, I don't like being in the position we've placed ourselves in by not aggressively getting involved in the beginning, although I don't know what that would have looked like, and I don't know if there was a stomach for it or a heart for it in America. But at this point, oh, I know who the prime minister is. Is that, that guy Rishi Sunak. Yeah, yeah. It t- takes me a minute sometimes. But, um, you know, th- these these fighter jets are not even that they're not even enough to help them win really jet fighters i think right now they're not going to make it without actual uh, support from the allies or nato and that's not happening so why are we sending tanks why are we doing this why it, it's just it's uh, it's it's crazy it's just crazy anyway um it's getting it's getting really interesting with this uh, search for documents. I mean, I, I just don't even know. <laughs> um, if you thought I had some weird ideas and some conspiracy theories before, wait till you hear my show tomorrow because it's crazy. It's actually crazy what I think is about to happen. And this uh, four-star general, Minahan, um, he's pretty much laid it out. Like, you know, two years from now, 2025? War with China? Over Taiwan? You think we're prepared for that? The answer is, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. So I'm more concerned about that than I am about what Tom Brady's going to do for the rest of his life. So I thank you for your time this time and until next time, by the way, he'll become a commentator. Uh, I, my plan is to be back here tomorrow at noon, if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And may God bless you and may God bless the United States of America. See you tomorrow.
1: The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.